Hey everyone, uh, my name is Nannercat, you could also call me Ron, and this is going to be the first episode of a thing we like to call the Quick Pop Podcast. So if you guys don't know, uh, I'm a huge fan of wrestling. I watched during the Attitude Era and then now recently got back into it. And then even beyond the WWE. So with this podcast, we like to inform, entertain, and probably get into a little bit of a smart mark. Oops. I thought I <laughs> I said I wasn't going to cuss, but oh well. That's going to be that's going to be the first and hopefully last one. I'm going to catch that. I'm going to catch that. But I'm not alone. So with me, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Kari, but you can just call me Slayer. I have also been watching wrestling since the Attitude Era. And I have also I've been I'm looking outside the WWE uh, for additional wrestling content. There we go. Uh, so you've been listening, uh, not listening. You've been watching since the Attitude Era. You didn't have a part where you just like stopped. I uh, actually, actually, I did. I stopped. I stopped around two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and I actually came back around twenty fourteen. So that was like ruthless aggression era, about to be the start of PG for WWE. Well, well I think I think it was towards the roof, the end of the ruthless aggression era. And right when the PG era really just started to kick in full swing, that's when I stopped. Okay. Yeah, for me, I think it was after the Monday Night War, WCW did the whole invasion angle, and then I dropped out from there. Because suddenly wrestling was not cool. But I came back about two years ago, and I don't regret it. In fact, I even went further from the WWE, so now I'm watching New Japan Pro Wrestling, I'm watching Ring of Honor, I watch uh, Pro Guerrilla Wrestling, and now, since uh, the What Culture people, they have their own wrestling federation, I've been watching some of that. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. Like, they started just making these YouTube videos, and then, here they go, they're able to book Kurt Angle and Alberto Del Rio, El Patron, whatever, um... <laughs> in a match that's happening i think february 11th february 12th mm -hmm. yeah so i think that's pretty cool pretty rad uh, actually recently they just announced that they booked ray mysterio for a match did they really and, yes and uh and one of the past pay-per-views they actually had jim ross a good old jr come in and actually call actually do you know so he did commentary. commentary yes <laughs> and, and that's so awesome I've been I've been following what culture for a while, and like I was right there at the very beginning of WCPW, and I think it's really awesome that, that there's you know even another way to where you can you know go and and get get and get involved in pro wrestling. Yeah, it's a it's a good point, especially with what culture, because they have these top five, top ten, like those kinds of uh those kinds of videos and they just go off from there they riff they have uh speculations they have predictions they even do like reviews and everything on on like the shows like raw smackdown uh i think they do some reviews on like ring of honor or something like that but the fact that they went <coughs> from there and then created their own sort of of entertainment and getting like big name people i mean kurt angle kurt angle 
And he's about to go into the Hall of Fame this year. I know. <laughs> it's so crazy. What if he comes out at the Royal Rumble? I'm 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 all there for it. I'm hoping he comes out. That would be such uh, that'd be such an awesome thing. And I would I, be chanting you suck so loud, but lovingly. <laughs> lovingly. It's out of respect. Yeah. I mean if you're not chanting you suck at Kurt Angle, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> that is the be- that is a term of endearment. Just chanting, you suck, dun, dun, you, you suck. suck. <laughs> <laughs> so other than uh, WWE and What Culture Pro Wrestling, have you checked out New Japan by any chance? Oh, absolutely. And I think it's a really good product that people should give a chance and to actually watch. And like they, they have... Um, they have gone gone and added English uh, English speaking commentators because they're trying to branch out and reach and reach into the American audience. I think people should really really check it out. It's of course Japanese wrestling is a very different style um, from what most people will be used to, especially you know if you guys like us that grew up in the Attitude Era, and that's a very different style of wrestling uh, compared to what they do over there in Japan. Uh, but it's really really awesome stuff. I actually spent the 999 yen so I could watch uh, Wrestle Kingdom 11. And then because of that, I started watching all the past Wrestle Kingdoms. I watched the G1 Climax. I watched, uh, was it the Beginnings in Osaka? Uh, watched New Year's Dash. So I've been trying to take in a whole bunch of New Japan material. It's That's cool. some impressive stuff like i think one of my two of my favorites have to be um what's it uh tetsuya naito yeah if i remember correctly did he lose the intercontinental or did he retain the intercontinental like he, Ooh, i, can't, I, I think remember. he was uh wrestling hiroshi tanahashi god man I, I can't believe i forgot but tetsuya naito uh i guess he's kind of the leader of the ingobernables de japon mm-hmm. uh brilliant brilliant stables so they got like three huge stables in japan of course obviously you got the bullet club which is that heel stable with kenny omega the young bucks uh bad luck fale all of them then you have chaos which is i guess the face stable founded by shinsuke nakamura which you know y'all know um so that's headed by uh kazuchika okada who is the current IWGP heavyweight champion. Uh, very fantastic wrestler, too. Oh, my God. I can't believe he's so young. He is young. How old is he? He's, like, less than 30, I think. Really? Yeah. And he's basically the John Cena of New Japan. He is the face that runs the place. <laughs> <laughs> But then you have that other stable, uh, the, it's so hard to pronounce it, uh, Los Ingobernables de Japón. It, it's fantastic. And what they've become this? a really good heel stable as of recent with Bushi, Evil, Sonata, Naito, uh, the Time Bomb. It was such a good, good thing. But yeah, a lot of people should be putting new japan pro wrestling on notice because i'm pretty aware wwe has taken a huge eye at them yes i think i think what new japan is doing right now they're trying to position themselves uh, to compete in the international market especially especially after that uh, phenomenal match 
uh, that uh, that um, well, I'm losing my words. Uh, Okada and yes, Omega. Okada and Omega. Yes, like that match was amazing, and I think a lot of people in the wrestling world are starting to. Oh, they always taking New Japan seriously, uh, but they're really, really starting to pay attention to them now. Well, well, of course, because they put on like really good material. Like, how many times have we sat down? Watch Raw, watch SmackDown, watch the pay-per-view, and we're like, this could be better. The writing is shoddy. They had some good matches. Overall, it wasn't, like, amazing. Like, you may have got, like, a really good match out of Seth Rollins or AJ Styles. You don't have good matches all around. Your tag team matches are lacking. Your women's matches, they're a lot better, but the ones that aren't championship material, they're lacking. Uh, Some of the singles matches with the mid-carters, they're lacking. It's just the champions are champions. Whereas with New Japan, the champions are champions. The Intercontinental title, champions are champions. Even when it comes to a non-title match, like Cody uh, versus Juice Robinson. Yeah, the match, all the matches matter. Yeah. You don't get that with WWE. Uh, Of course, I mean, you have the squash match, which is great and all, but when it's not a squash match and they're just fighting and there's no, like, real substance to their storyline, you're you're left wanting more. Um, I think that's a problem that's kind of been going... I think that was mainly the reason why I stopped and had my short hiatus from just wrestling content in general and and why I just chose to go away from it. And, you know, you you see wrestling differently when you're a kid versus when you're an adult. Because when you're a kid, you're not thinking, you're not thinking about things like storylines. or You're looking or at the how, sweet stunts. Yeah, the stunts. Uh, and, and in the case of the attitude, hey, you're looking at the women and, and all these all this different things. But now you don't care about that. You want, you want to see a good story. You want to see a match be executed well. Yeah, you, you go into some, each episodic content like, like – you're not viewing it as like a stunt show, but you're viewing it as like, say, Game of Thrones or uh, one of those other uh, big name, big name shows that they have on HBO or probably have on CBS, Fox, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I completely, I completely understand. Uh, I think for me, the reason why I got back into wrestling is because there were so many new things that I didn't know about when I last quit during, like, after the Attitude Era, because they implemented, like, Money in the Bank and stuff like that. Like, Money in the Bank, to me, is so much fun, because it adds, it adds suspense. You're like, oh, what's gonna happen next? Are they gonna cash in? Are they not gonna cash in? It's, it's fun to me, and I think the like when they added more of that sort of flavor to uh, the WWE, that's when I started paying attention again. I think the moment that I went back in was WrestleMania 31. It was Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, and Seth Rollins is the cash in of the century, just cashing in at WrestleMania and winning the title. That was like the definitive moment when I came back. What? What moment was there for you? It was the most heartbreak. It was the most heartbreaking thing in the world. Uh, but it was when take. I, I'm, I'm sure it was 2014, but that's when Taker dropped this, uh, drop an L in the streak. Oh, okay. So that was that was 30. Yeah, that's WrestleMania 30. Yeah, I heard about it, but I wasn't like engaged. Like they were saying, 
Undertaker finally lost at WrestleMania. I was like, oh, I thought he didn't. And then that's when I learned about the streak, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then they talked about Daniel Bryan, who was this nobody and became a huge somebody. And actually, uh, he became he became like one of my favorite wrestlers because obviously got the network, went back, like watched most, if not every uh, pay-per-view from the last like five ten years Mm -hmm. and so i you know i wanted to learn a little bit more and daniel bryan oh my god dude is amazing he's retired but unfortunately because of injuries but you know that type of thing happens in in this business but we still get him on smackdown yay i'm I'm, (laughs) hey i'm pretty excited about that Man, like I, I'm glad that we get to see him. But you know, it, it always feels like a tease when you see him come out. You hear his music hit, yeah, and you know, he's not. You know, he's never going to be able to wrestle again. Yeah, it was one thing though. Like I feel like just deep down that Daniel Bryan's going to get better. He's going to get better, and he's going to have one last match. And I feel like for this entire year, he's been building up something with the Miz because the Miz, oh my God, heel of the year in wwe like he is someone I disagree oh, i don't disagree at all yeah like he cuts the most amazing like heel promos the passion that he has even the way he wins matches and loses matches you could tell he's 100 <clears> percent <throat> heel through and through like he's more healed than kevin owens he's more healed than aj styles he's more healed than baron corbin and they're teasing dolph ziggler as a heel i don't necessarily understand that but miz as a heel amazing beautiful they need to do more with it i want a world championship run with the miz you know i i think that would be really cool because he's kind of he's kind of putting himself in a position to be noticed and i think i think people would accept it and it's funny because i knew about the miz like before he was a wrestler i actually used to watch reality tv a lot when i was in middle school and i remember seeing the miz oh yeah Oh, I, I think it was. I think it was. It was the real, real world. world. Back to New York, season. Yes, 10. yes. It was the real world, and I always thought it was cool. He, he even back then he would mention how he always wanted to be a professional wrestler. Yeah, and then lo and behold, a few years later, he's he on actually tried enough. and did it. Yes, and he did it, and now here we are, and we're talking talking about Mike Mizana, which I think is really cool. I remember he he was totally misunderstood in uh back to new york because like he was getting fights with coral malik lori rachel but then he did like the offshoots did you watch like battle of the sexes or the inferno the challenges dude is athletic like you ever checked any of that out i actually watched all of the all of those religiously after school (laughs) (laughs) so like you have no idea how much i was all by reality tv back then not so much now uh, but that was, that was a huge part and so like i i followed miz for a long time yeah no he's fantastic he's wonderful like i like the miz got to check out his championship run the thing that he did with cena like he feuded with cena that's that's pretty good you know all by itself and he wasn't buried because look at him now <laughs> right but he's like he used to rub me the wrong way for like all the right reasons but uh, well not he he rubbed me the wrong way for all the wrong reasons but now he rubs me the right way for all the wrong or rubs me the wrong way for all the right reasons 
I couldn't get that right. I couldn't get it right. I need to get myself <laughs> together. <laughs> well, I think I think that's a good thing. And honestly, I, I feel like there needs to be a difference because there you could you could like you can you know like some you can like something that someone does uh, for you know all all the wrong reasons. Meaning, like they can be a really good heel, or you know you can hate a you can hate someone whose face. Uh, because they're not very good. They're not very convincing to be in face. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That does make perfect sense. I think that's one thing that we're kind of getting is kind of getting lost in translation. Like you have AJ Styles, people cheer for him. You have Kevin Owens, people cheer for him. You have Chris Jericho, people cheer for him. But The Miz, wow. People, people boo him. But they boo him for all the right reasons. It is heat. He is a heat <laughs> magnet right now. And he just needs to keep it up. He's doing wonderful. Keep doing you, Miz. Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't think we have enough. I don't think we have really true heels anymore. Uh, like there, I think there used to be an art uh, to being a really good heel. Mm-hmm. Uh, an example, and I think this is one of the best examples, oh, is Triple H. And I absolutely hated Triple H. I hated this man's guts. I hate the earth he walked on. And I thought he was just a terrible guy. Go to find out. He was just a good heel. And that's what that was his job. That's what he's supposed to do. He made me feel bad. Like whenever he was talking to everyone, he made everyone feel terrible. He's like I own you. The things you do are because of me. The things you like are because of me. Because I am the game. He was a good heel. Very good heel. Same with The Rock. Whenever, uh, what was it called? Like, Corporate Rock. Where he did the corporate elbow. And he was the corporate champion. That was a good heel run for The Rock. Same with, um, WrestleMania 13. The double turn. Between Bret Hart going from face to heel and Steve Austin go from heel to face. You don't get many of those. And that's what I'm kind of hoping with WrestleMania 32, hopefully, that we see a double turn, at least with Roman Reigns. They need to realize, give give the audience a chance to boo. Give them a chance. Give them a reason to boo. Because they're going to boo him no matter what. They don't like him. They might like him ironically. Or they might really <laughs> like the guy. I don't know. But the thing is that he's getting the heat. But he's doing it as a face. That's when things start to get blurry. And that's when mm-hmm. storytelling gets a little bit awkward. Because when's the last time you watched something where a good guy was the one that you didn't like? Outside of wrestling, I can't remember. Yeah, it just doesn't happen because that's not good. That's not good character. That's not good storyline stuff. Make Roman a heel. That's all I'm asking. Or do a really good uh double turn you have seth and roman in a match but i don't want that at wrestlemania i'm saving seth for trips oh that's that's a long time coming now after that after that match on raw oh yeah for the the universal title that's that's a long time coming well Um, did you catch uh what happened on the recent raw i actually didn't get to watch raw or smackdown this week okay so i need to fill you in on one thing so on raw uh, Sami Zayn wanted to find out how to get into the Royal Rumble, so he asked Mick Foley. Uh, Stephanie McMahon intervenes, and she says, you need to earn your chance into the Royal Rumble. And she put Sami Zayn against Seth Rollins. And if Seth Rollins loses, 
he loses his spot in the Rumble to Sami Zayn. They put on one heck of a match, basically a main event match in the middle of the show. And and Seth was about to win when all of a sudden you hear Trips's uh, music pop. Everyone got psyched. Everyone got so pumped. Seth is looking around like the stadium, looking around the arena, trying to find out where is he coming from. He didn't come out. Sammy rolled him up. One, two, three. Sammy's in the Royal Rumble. Roman, oh, Roman Reigns. Seth Rollins is not. So now that adds more fuel to the fire with the whole uh, Seth Trips uh, rivalry. I think when that blows over, it's going to be com- it's going to be completely worth it. They, they've been building it up for man. It seems like what four four or five months now. We haven't we haven't seen Trips in a while. Like the only the only appearance that he's had since last WrestleMania was when he gave Kevin Owens the title and then he left. This was a little teaser on Monday Night Raw. That was it. So he's going to make his appearance at Royal Rumble. I feel either that or Fastlane because Fastlane is a raw pay-per-view. Uh, they put Elimination Chamber as the SmackDown pay-per-view. I'm excited. Me We're probably going to see the best in wrestling this year just because of the threat of New Japan. Absolutely. And I noticed you didn't mention I noticed you didn't mention something. Um you didn't mention TNA and you know there there are some good things going on at TNA. Very confused about TNA. <laughs> there are also some things that not they're not okay and not good, but... There is one thing that I think both you and I could definitely agree with. Broken Matt Hardy? Broken Matt Hardy. <laughs> Absolutely. The best thing in wrestling, story-wise, <laughs> right now, is Broken Matt Hardy. Brilliant. Oh, man. The broken uh, I, brilliance. Like, he got a boat, a drone, his baby kid, and his gardener. He got them all over. You can't do that unless you're Dean Ambrose and Mitch the Plant. But I digress. I digress. He got a dilapidated boat, Sarsgard, a drone, Vanguard One, his son, King, King Maxwell, Maxwell. <laughs> Senor Benjamin, his gardener. He got them all over. Best thing, best storyline in all of wrestling, in all divisions of wrestling. TNA, uh, Ring of Honor, WWE. New Japan, broken Matt Hardy, and his broken brilliance. Best thing. Best thing. And I can't begin I can't begin to I can't begin to describe, you know, how it made me feel when I, I found out about Broken Matt. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things because at first when you you, you, you first see obviously, you know, your first reaction would be to laugh. It's like, oh this this is just silly. Uh, but when you sit down and it just watch the body of work that he's putting together and you start to realize what he's doing, it's actually extremely intelligent it's really clever and you don't we don't have enough of that in wrestling anymore and it's not only that that whole storyline the continuity of that storyline alone speaks volumes there's so much attention to detail with the broken matt hardy storyline it's it's wonderful because i mean with most storylines you have a couple holes here and there i feel like I feel like there aren't any holes with the Broken Matt Hardy story. And the thing right. is that he's involved so many other people, like even Brother Nero, Jeff Hardy, like involved him. Uh, there's no holes. It's all like, it's entertainment. That's the magic of it. I and mean, that's because he's really dedicated to kayfabe when it comes to this character. 
So and did you also listen to uh, the Talk is Jericho podcast? Oh, shout out to the Talk is Jericho podcast. <laughs> no, it's a good podcast. It's a good podcast. But awesome. no, he had yes. a podcast with the character Broken Matt Hardy. Brilliant. You know, I, I, <laughs> I was laughing the whole time. It, it, was, it was awesome. Like you don't see enough people, you don't see enough people uphold kayfabe like that anymore. No, we and live also, in an age where kayfabe is dead. We all well, know that wrestling is scripted; it's predetermined. Now, before we keep going, it, it, just in case there are some people here listening, and they may have not, you know, you know, may not know some of the terms that we were, we're talking about. Do you want to explain kayfabe to the listeners? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think i think they'll get it i think they'll get it <laughs> Understood. i mean kayfabe is you know basically a character it, it's creating a world that's not exactly real and keeping in characters kayfabe but we live in a world of social media we live in a world where you get to run into them and it's just kayfabe is dead the only person other than Broken Matt Hardy, that's trying to keep kayfabe alive. The Undertaker. The Undertaker is the most, he is the most protected character in wrestling history. And he came from a time where barbers were were wrestlers, trash guys were wrestlers, tax men were wrestlers. Giant like, turkeys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A guy named the Boogeyman, wrestler. But the Undertaker is someone that we all got behind. And that's just pretty much it. But honestly, uh, we got to start wrapping this up. So I think for next podcast, um, I don't know when it's when we're going to record it. Uh, I don't know when it's going to get released. But depending on it, we either talk about our, I guess, what we expect out of the Royal Rumble or I guess the aftermath of the Royal Rumble. All right, uh, that'll be well, that'll be next episode. Okay, Just kind of, so you know, we... this, this is the first episode. We've Got to get a little bit of uh, get warmed up. Yeah, kind of get into the mood, the gist of things. Mm-hmm. So, this was it. This is a quick pop podcast. You got any parting words? None. <laughs> this, this is the first time. And there we so, go. Yeah. <laughs> None. See you guys later. As Kenny Omega always says. Goodbye and good night.